Bonesaw's Baby, Chapter 3, in which our boy fights Cursines and Snyders and Skeels. Oh my. know about you, but whenever I find myself sitting in a dark room all by my lonesome, minding my own business, not really knowing who I was or what I was doing sitting in a dark room all by my lonesome, minding my own business, and somebody shines a bright light in my eyes, I get pretty goddamn irritated. It didn't help that they was cold bulbs, too. None of them Sylvania soft whites, but more like them GE eyeball burners. On top of that, my hands was bound behind my back, and my neck felt like it had been hanging on my chest for days, which, at this point in the narrative, it probably had. Then came a voice, heavy and loud. Who are you? Seemed to come from all around me, and it didn't sound human. I mean, there was probably some human that actually vocalized it, but it had been modulated about five octaves below its natural timber. And when I didn't respond, it spoke again. Who are you? Okay. actually. You want to know what's even more irritating than them lights? Not knowing how to answer a simple question like, who are you? Maybe it was the fact that I really had been sitting upright with my chin on my chest for I don't know how long. Like, maybe I hadn't gotten enough oxygen into my brain. Maybe I'd suffered a concussion on top of everything else. To test that last theory out, I shook my head real hard to see if it exploded or if I got a migraine or something. Nothing. Not even a momentary bout of dizziness. I flexed my hands. They was both still there, so yay. Wiggled my toes, same, yay. The voice rang out a third time. Who are you? I don't know, I said. Barely croaked it out, really. My throat was raw and raspy. But despite my obvious inability to do much more and sit there and get irritated and wonder who the fuck I was, and before I even chewed out that last vowel, somebody threw a bucket of water in my face. Hey! I didn't even know where it came from. There wasn't nobody else in the room. Ignoring the rule of magic trees, the voice asked one more time, Who are you? I told you. I don't know. Another bucket. Another expletive. Another request for my identity. Look, I ain't no psychologist, but throwing a bucket of water at somebody with a head injury don't really work to rectify the situation. Whoever it was threw a bucket of water at me again anyway. Then he turned off the lights. Or maybe she turned off the lights. Who the fuck was I to know? It might surprise you to know this, but none of these things helped me remember who I was. A few hours later, or days or weeks, the lights came on again. Not bright spotlights like before, but overhead lights. Just as harsh, just not as irritating. Talk about a shock, though. I couldn't cover my face with my hands or rub the pain out of my eyes, so I kind of let my lids unfurl a little at a time until my brain got used to it, and then I let him fly. An ice pick spiked through my temple, and I winced, but gradually I was better able to take it, and finally saw where I ended up this time. Not that I knew nothing from nothing at that point. Four gray walls. Four gray walls, a concrete floor, a drop ceiling. 
That's it. Sorry to disappoint. The metal slats of the chair they strapped me to pinched my thighs, even through my pants, and a drain had been plumbed beneath it, which was both fortunate and worrisome. The door handle jiggled, and into the room swaggered a guy in a cream-colored seersucker suit. His ferret face was clean-shaved, and he'd slicked back his hair with so much pomade that I gagged a little. Oh, and that smirk on his face made me want to punch him, and he had a toothpick stuck in the corner of his mouth. He grabbed another chair leaning against the wall near the door and tiptoed over, like he was playing at being cautious just to fuck with me. But at the same time, he seemed honestly cautious about getting anywhere near. He clomped the chair on the concrete floor, stooped to catch my eye and said, That you? Yeah, that you? You know guys who smile and it smells like secrets? He did one of them. Then he plunked himself down in the chair and leaned back and crossed his legs, letting a single two-tone shake in the air. You know who you are? Yeah, I'm George Roosevelt Lincoln. He smirked and twisted the toothpick. You don't remember me? No, I don't remember you. You don't remember nothing. That one gave me pause. I did remember some things. Flashes here and there. Explosions. Bugs coming out of my arm. A little blonde girl in a yellow sundress. He saw I seen it and said, So you do, huh? Some things. Flashes. You want to illuminate me? No. Toothpick Smiley's smile widened, and he muttered something over his shoulder, chuckling. What's so funny? I asked. What's so funny? You. You're funny. That's what's so funny. You act like you got a choice here. He spread his hands and glanced around. Look at this place. You think you're ever getting out of here unless you tell us what we want to hear? How am I supposed to do that when I can't remember my own name? You want to know what I know? Here it is. I woke up sitting here, and you asked me my name, and each time I couldn't remember, you threw a bucket of water in my face. There. That's it. That's all I got. He leaned forward, rested his elbows on his knees, and stared at me, shifting the toothpick from one side of his mouth to the other. If my feet wasn't chained to the chair leg, I'd have kicked it down his throat. Tell you what, he said. You factor me in on what you remember, what you remember just now and I'll make it so you ain't cuffed to that chair no more. You tell me something good, I might get you something to eat. You're gonna feed me anyway. Yeah, how you figure? I got something you need. You won't let me starve. He leaned back, half impressed. We're just trying to help. We want you to get your life back, right? Oh, yeah? I puppy-dogged it. Could you help me? Could you help me, please? Almost had him there for a second. He seemed to soften. And then I broke out laughing, and his face went hard and flat. Okay, he said. Have it your way. And he got up, and he left. That night I had a nightmare. End of the world type stuff. Typical tropes. Black clouds, smoke and flame, fire on the ridges, lightning bolts twisting across the sky, the air bursting with the screams of the dismembered and the dying. It's really dramatic. I was on my back in the middle of a churned-up runway or a highway or something. Laser fire zipped overhead, explosions rocked the earth, and I could hear the enemy marching closer and closer, the ground shaking with each thunderous step. And even though I knew that if I didn't get out of there, that if I didn't scram or skedaddle, I'd be squashed like a slug, I couldn't move. I just lay there, waiting on death. I coughed up some blood. Someone shook my shoulder, beating my chest, saying, Come on, you son of a bitcher! I almost recognized the voice, but right when I thought I might remember his name, 
A shadow blocked out what remaining light there was, shrouding both of us, cloaking everything in the airy darkness. The most horrendous shriek I ever heard, thick, modulated, and grating, like skyscrapers falling, pierced my eardrums. I punched at the guy straddling my body, clawed at his eyes. We had to move. We had to get out of there, but he wouldn't get off. So I wrapped my hands around his neck, and we flipped over, and I was on top, and I pressed my thumbs down, and the scream from the thing above grew louder and louder, filled my head, my lungs, rattled my vocal cords, until it was me what was screaming, and I opened my eyes and found myself on a bed choking out some woman I guess I'd been sleeping with. A pillow had fallen over her eyes. Her hair spilled out under it, long and brown. Her face was red, redder in death and her mouth gaped, and she gasped. She swatted my arms and my face, and I thought, oh, shit, and let go, still screaming, screaming at the fact that I was just choking somebody to death, and I couldn't remember why. She heaved in a huge, rasping breath and set the coffin, as people who were almost choked out was wont, and suddenly I wasn't screaming no more. I mean, my mouth was wide open, and my eyes felt like they was going to pop out of my head, but at least I wasn't screaming because I was too busy taking in my surroundings. It's my old apartment. This was my old apartment. Get off, the woman yelled. She coughed some more, but she had enough strength to push me aside. Not that I put up much of a fight. I fell back, more out of shock than anything else, and watched as she stumbled over to the bathroom and slammed the door shut. I heard her retch for a bit, and then she turned on the water. I sat there on the bed, sheets wrapped around my middle, trying to take it all in, trying to get my head straight when the woman burst out of the bathroom. She strode over and sat down on the edge of the bed. Her face was clean and fresh, her hair pulled back in a ponytail, and she was every bit as beautiful as I remembered. She put her cool hands on my cheeks. Are you okay? Am I okay? Are you? She ignored me. Are you high? Drunk? What? No. I was with you all night. I searched my memory to see if that was true. I think it was. She peered into my eyes, looking for something, and I tried to ignore the bruises on her neck. I guess she found whatever she was looking for, because she softened and brushed the hair off my forehead and leaned in and gave me a kiss. Her lips were still wet from washing her face. Her breast smelled minty. What was it this time? she asked. When I furrowed my brow, she explained. The dream. What dream was it this time? Daddy find out about us again? No, I, I don't really know. I sat back against the headboard, trying to remember the dream. I was somewhere. I don't know where. There was smoke everywhere and fire, lightning in the clouds. It was the end of the world, I think. She stood up and went around to her side of the bed and sat with her back to me. I lay back and pulled a pillow under my head. Jesus, I, I think it was a war or something. I've been shot or hurt or I don't know. And there was somebody there trying to save me. And in the sky, this, this thing, this horrible noise. I looked over and saw her shoulders shaking. Hey. I sat up and put my hands on her. Her skin felt icy. You're freezing. I'm cold. So cold. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to. I don't know what's going on here. She shook a little more. But I couldn't tell if it was because of tears well, because she was so cold. And then I remembered something. She loved it when I ran my fingers through her hair. So I put my hand on her head. I thought you were dead. I pressed my fingers gently down and dragged them through. 
and a chunk of skin and hair came off of my palm. She turned around to me, and her fresh face was gray and sunken, her eyes black, hollow holes. I am, she said, and she punched my chest with the heel of a hand, and I flew back and back and back, all of the breath of my body forced out of my lungs. Pain shot through my ribcage, paralyzing pain, shot up and through my throat, and then my eyes flew open, and I gasped, and I was in my nightmare again, with the black smoke and the lightning clouds and the monster shaking the earth. A dragon roared overhead, great gouts of red flame shooting out of its mouth. It engulfed a crowd of twitches rushing in my direction. They turned into shadows, outlines in the fire, and then they stumbled to their knees and collapsed face first onto the tarmac. Man's face suddenly hovered over mine. It was a great big face, too. No screwing around with that one. Square jaw, bald pate, thick brow, and I remembered his name. Sal! Me and Sal, together again for the first time ever. And we was in a ton of trouble. Hey, Sal, I croaked. Okay, he said. Not really to me, just out loud, like he was satisfied I was alive. He pulled away to reveal Ham. His shirt was bloody and his bowl cut must considerable, but it was definitely ham. He gave me the thumbs up. Your clicks are inappropriate. Then he hauled me off the ground and set my back against a chunk of the road. I wiggled my fingers and toes, twisted my neck to the left, twisted my neck to the right. Okay, everything worked. My chest felt like it had been cracked open, and so did my ribs, but I could breathe pretty much easy, and I wasn't retarded or nothing, so that was all good. I die? I asked. Ham shrugged. Inconclusive. He tore the legs of my jumpsuit into strips and pressed one against my chest, and I sucked wind because holy shit did that hurt. What was wrong with me? I looked down and sure enough, three red canals potted the meat vertical under my collarbone. What's this? Cursine. Sal grunted. Huh. Cursine. Look like bear to me. Big, big bear. Big bear, huh? Ham looked at me like I was nuts which didn't surprise me at all, as we was in the thick of the weirdness. My chest tickled and itched, and I knew what was coming next. Them damn nanobot flies. No, Cursine. I pointed at Sal. Hey, he said it. Ham made as if to reply, but then a shell, or what I thought was a shell, whistled overhead and exploded about fifty yards away, sending shrapnel and chunks of the asphalt shrieking through the air. Ham ducked and covered, and Sal threw himself over me. It was like having someone throw a cannon on me to avoid getting hit by a cannon shell. Christ Jesus, Sal, get off! He rolled away, and I was finally able to see what was going on. First, as you probably already guessed, we was in the middle of the concourse between the city and the silver bullet, and the silver bullet had been shredded, sliced in half from top to bottom, exposing its guts. Steel beams jutted out like broken bones, Wires waved in the air like snakes, tangling with each other in the exposed gutters and the rebar sparking and hissing. The suicide nets was tangled and torn too, 
dumping its contents onto the concrete below. And let me tell you something, that was grim. And even worse than that, some kind of battle was raging all around us. And I didn't even know what side we was on, or who was fighting what, or why we was fighting, or how we got there in the first place. Far as I knew, it was pretty much a free-for-all. Twitches jumped on anything that they came across and tore it to bits. All them upgrades, you know? The barrel arm biceps, the thunder thighs, the chiseled chests, the terrible trapezium, the evil eyes, the toxic teeth, finally put to better use than snapping together plastic gadgets. And yeah, I seen plenty of bowl cuts, too, running around like idiots, hair sticking straight up off their heads, the screens in their forearms shattered or useless. Then there was the hybrids. Serious hybrids. These wasn't little chipmunks with distorted speakers, but military-grade death engines. While I was sitting there, staring around like a moron, a huge bear, I guess that was Sal's cursine, pounced on a group of fleeing bowl cuts and shredded them to bits with a few swipes of them steel claws. A fantastic and disgusting sight, with upper torsos flying through the air this way and that, and arms flipping up, up, up like twigs on the wind. Then a twitcher twitched by, and the cursine spiked it through the chest like a martini olive, brought it up to its jaws, and crunched down on a skull like a, uh, well, like a martini olive. Jesus, I muttered. Actually, that wasn't the most horrifying thing I seen. The Snyders was. What Snyders, you ask? Well, a Snyder is a mix between a copperhead snake and a black widow spider. Creepiest thing ever. I don't even think I have to describe what them things done. Use your imagination. And even worse than them was all the other things out there I don't have the time to describe. Squirsquitos, skeels, panthodiles, alicopters, all of them flying around or skittering or jumping or bounding, tearing apart everything and anything that got in their way. Ham handed me a broom handle with two kitchen knives duct taped on each end. I waited equal, better than nothing. A Snyder popped up on the concrete slab and reared back on its hind legs. Sal picked up his weapon, which was another broom handle with knives taped to the end, and anchored himself in a squat. Come, we go fight! I took one look at that thing, one look at Sal, and turned around to run. But before I could get anywhere, he grabbed me by the arm and yanked me up next to him. Let me go! Let me go! The Snyder reared and struck, and Sal put his strategy into motion. He pushed me away at the last second and jumped aside too. But he didn't push me so hard I went flying, and he didn't jump so far that he couldn't do nothing. In fact, it was more like an Aikido move. He pivoted on his leg and let the Snyder's fangs crack the road between us. Then he raised his spear in both hands and brought it down on the thing's big, fat, ugly head. After he stabbed it about a million times, he cut a long gulch in its body. I think he got it, Sal, I said. Ham, who stood there the whole time, watching, said, No, you did. And that's when I seen I was covered in blood. Snyder blood, that is. Blood and gore and whatever gut Sal had cut out. The nanobot started the exit. I could feel him pouring down my chest and pulling at my feet. No, Sal muttered, and he jammed his fist into the gaping wound. Not done yet. He grabbed my hand before I could get away and plunged it into the Snyder's skull. It felt like you'd expect. Gelatin goo and squishy stuff. But then I felt something else. Something hard, square, metallic. I yanked it out. Then another one, and another one, and another one all linked together by wires. The sound of them hitting the pavement reminded me of something. Something familiar. 
Something I'd heard over and over for the past couple of days. It sounded like when Cutter twitched something fierce and knocked all them chassis onto the floor. And when I looked, that's exactly what it was. Chassis. One after another. They're robots? I shot a glare at Ham. You mean I've been making these things? He gave me the thumbs up. I picked up one of the chassis to see what the wires I started eventually made. Looked like a hard drive. A skinny metal disc with a wire inserted in one end, and damn. I mean, I guess that made sense. Giant mutated horror hybrids probably required a load of drive space. I guess. I mean, what did I know? How many Snyders did I help create? Or cur signs or skeels? <laughs> they had us making the things they were going to use to wipe us all out with. What a brilliant idea. I didn't have too much time to ruminate, though, because dragons and twitches and skeels and such, it was time to boogie. The last eighth of a mile to the building on the other side of the concourse was smooth pavement. No ruptured asphalt or hunks of metal. And other than a few stragglers, the skeels, Snyders, and Squirsquitos focused on the smorgasbord of drones and bowl cuts pouring out of the wreckage of the silver bullet. The twitches, however, was not to be stopped. No matter how many we cut down, they just kept coming. I don't know about you, but if I saw me heading my way armed with butcher's knives taped to sticks, chest slashed to ribbons, shoulder all swole up and nanobots pouring out of my pores, I'd keep my distance. But I think they actually zeroed in on me because of all that. Or maybe because all of them I took out. Or maybe they just smelled the blood and it sent them into a frenzy. Who knows? By the time we made it to that last 666 feet, the last 7,920-odd inches, the twitches was on to us. And they was pissed. About a hundred of them lurched behind, generally displaying an extreme inability to run in any sort of expeditious or appropriate fashion. But they'd spread out in a huge half-circle. Sal took the lead. And don't think for a second I didn't think of slicing his Achilles and using him as fodder. He was a big dude, too. Probably put up a good fight before they tore him in two. I love the guy and all, but hey, all's fair when you're running from a pack of rabid crazies. Anyway, we made it to the building and Sal hit the door. He yanked. It didn't open. Of course. Son of a bitcher, he cried. He sent a panicked glance over his shoulders, all wide, wide eyes and crunched in eyebrows. Then he yanked again and again, but the thing wouldn't budge. The twitches closed in. We was fucked. No way out of this one. I got there next and started beating on the metal, screaming, Come on! Come on! The pack of twitches lurched on, closer and closer. Ham crashed through us both, flattening himself against the wall. And Sal and me put our backs to the door and glanced at each other. Maybe we could throw ham at him first, I said. Your clicks are inappropriate. The twitches lurched closer. I turned around to do it, grab ham by his stupid-looking bowl cut and send him flying. But he wasn't crouching down behind me no more. He was standing inside the building, holding the door open with one hand. Increase your megahertz, 